Entrepreneurs Over 40, Episode 63, with author Leanna George. Have faith in yourself, believe that you can, and don't let anybody stop you from trying. You're listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40, the show for somewhat mature entrepreneurs and side hustlers. And now your host, Greg Mills. Our guest today is a sought-after speaker, blogger, and author. Before pursuing a career in writing, she was a professional organizer and the former owner of By George Organizing Solutions in Houston. Her debut novel, Perfectly Arranged Book One in the Hopeful Heart series, was released in October 2021 from Scrivening's Press. The second book in the series, Perfectly Placed, released July 5th. When she's not putting things in order or scribbling away, you can find her reading, traveling, or watching tennis. Introducing the one and only Leanna George. Hello. So nice to be here with you today. Nice to have you. Now, Leanna, can you take a few moments and fill in the gaps from that intro and bring us up to speed with what's going on in your world today? Sure. So I started, well, I had been a stay-at-home mom for 18 years. I had two daughters. And when my oldest started going to college, I thought, I need to find something to do for myself. I needed to find myself, I guess. And at this time, I was about 40, 41, 42 so I needed to find myself and I looked at all the things that I love to do and organizing and writing were the top two. I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself as a writer. So I started organizing. I did that for about five years. And then in the middle of that, I felt called to write a book, but I knew nothing about it, how to write a fiction novel. I knew how to write nonfiction because as part of my organizing business, I wrote blogs and magazine articles and things like that, but I had no idea how to write a, a fiction novel. So I started, I hired a coach because I think if even if the great athletes of the world need a coach, even everybody else, even all the normal people need one too. So I hired a coach. I spent three years working on that book and then it got picked up. I have small press and they signed me for three books. So now I have a author entrepreneurship. I went from being a, you know, a business organizer to an author uh, or a professional. And then just a few weeks ago, I decided that maybe I should do another company. And so I started a different one um, that combines the organizing and the writing. It's like, you know, those Venn diagrams where you put the three circles together. I had the organizing one, I had the writing one, and I didn't realize how much the helping one was. And so in that sweet spot is what we call the author's right hand. And so it is a virtual assistant and marketing you know, boutique company that helps Christian and clean fiction authors handle. We handle the marketing side so they can do the things that they love to do, which is really just write. Writers just want to write. We don't want to market our books. We don't want to you know, be on social media or all that kind of stuff. We just want to play with the characters in our heads. And so I saw a real need for that. And so I formed a team of four of us and we have this thing. It's been amazing to see it take off. We have already have four or five clients in just a few weeks we've been open. We don't even have our website up. So it's definitely a need. It was a pain point that I saw and just decided to jump on the bandwagon. Okay. Now, do you come from an entrepreneurial or a, an author's background at all? Did anybody in your family have a company or write a no. book? No, not at all. Not at all. No. When it's really funny because now I see my daughters doing it. And so I'm kind of like, maybe they got it from me and I just didn't realize it. <laughs> but yeah, no, my dad, he worked for the IRS. My mom worked for the Texas Department of Agriculture. And they didn't, at the time, that was not a big thing to be an entrepreneur, I don't think. And so that was 
nothing that I saw exemplified in my life. And then and as far as the writing, no, there's nobody in my family that writes. My dad's a big reader, but that's about it. What motivated you to change career? Well, not careers, but I guess, yeah, well, let's go yeah, back to that. I did a complete shift. So, you know, I, like I said, I started the organizing, the By George organizing, where I would go in and I would help people declutter their homes. You know, we get rid of the things they no longer love, wanted, or need. And then we would try to make systems and, you know, uh, organizing systems that would work for them in their space. And that was great. I love meeting the people. And that's where I got the idea for my book in the first place. But I got tired of kind of just holding bags and saying, do you like this? Do you want it? Do you need it? I didn't feel like it was the best use of my skills. And I felt like when I was there, I wanted to be home writing. And when I was home writing, I never wanted to leave. I just wanted to stay home and write. So I just kind of felt that shift in my heart. And then physically, you know, after being over 40 and then over 50, it was becoming a little bit harder to kneel down and get into people's lower kitchen cabinets or climb up the stairs up and down with, you know, boxes of donations that they wanted to give away. So it became a physical, you know, I kept thinking to myself, physically, how long do I think I can do this? And I knew that I couldn't. So I, and then I wanted to give my full time and attention. I believe where you put your focus is where you put your, where you see your growth. And so I wanted to put my focus. So I slowly just stopped seeing clients and I thought I would miss it. I thought, oh, I'll go back to it. And I have not won at all. I still do organizing for a while. Well, I have a part-time job where I write for an organizing company out of Chicago. And I volunteer teaching some lower income families, organizing procedures and methods and things like that as a volunteer. I used to still do that. So it's still within me, my passion, but not where I want to earn a living in it day in and day out. Okay. So, yeah. So then I shifted and I... It didn't, but I didn't think about myself as an author entrepreneur until I got that contract. Then everything kind of shifted there. I'm kind of surprised you haven't done a nonfiction book about organizing. Well, it's interesting that you say that because my publisher who just right now just publishes fiction. That's all they focus on. She decided a few weeks ago to expand the line and make a imprint of nonfiction. And actually, I had been working on a nonfiction organizing book, but it was different because, you know, there's already Marie Kondo out there. There's already the home edit. There's no way I'm ever going to anything I have to say is going to, you know, be as as best selling as their stuff. And in nonfiction, you have to have a really different angle for your for your writing. So I thought, you know, I want to keep it faith based because that's very important to me. And so I started writing devotionals based on what the Bible has to say about being organized. And most people don't realize how much the Bible has to say about being organized. It's truly mind-blowing when you look at it. And so I've partnered with another faithful Christian organizer, and we've written a book. And my publisher, I submitted it to her for consideration, and that will be coming out in 2023. So, yeah. Okay. We'll have to have you back on when you when that does come out. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to. How did you receive a call to write a, a book? Oh, well, I knew that I loved writing. I mean, I have loved writing since I was a little girl. I mean, I can remember writing. I was actually a journalism major before I became a teacher. So I loved writing. It's always been my passion. But fear also took a big hold of my heart. And so I had to overcome that fear before I could do anything else. But it was the organizing that actually 
helped me come up with the story idea. I when well, I should back up a little bit. We lived in China for two and a half years. Oh, wow. We lived overseas for a total of five, two and a half in China, two and a half in Germany with my husband's chemical company. And while we were in China, my dad had called and said, Hey, I know you go to Shanghai a lot. We lived like two hours away. And he said, next time you go, I have a friend who found this business card for an address in Shanghai and her father's things. And she doesn't understand why he would have it. He had just passed away. She was going through her stuff. He said, the next time you go, can you look for the address? And I said, sure. So we went the next time and we looked for the address. But, you know, the street names change and things change a lot, especially in a city like Shanghai. And we just couldn't find it. So I kept the card and I always thought to myself, I wonder what was there. And I wonder what would the, why the father had it and never told his family. Um, so I kept it tucked away and, and I thought to myself, you know, how, that would make a great story, but I just didn't know what to do with it. And like I said, I didn't have a clue how to write fiction. So I just tucked it away like most authors into my idea pile. And then fast forward to my organizing years and somebody was asking me, gosh, I bet you have the best stories about being in people's homes. I was like, oh, you know it. I mean, I've done an entire shoe room. I've, you know, I've just had story after story. I did a Broadway guy who was on Broadway as a kid. And then it dawned on me, there's the story. A professional organizer and her client are going through her father's things and they find the business card. And that's what leads them on the adventure to China to uncover what's there. And so that's what my first book, Perfectly Arranged, is about. It's the beginning of the story of a professional organizer, and her eccentric client, who was based on one of my clients, and they go to China to uncover a family mis a family mystery. Okay. Yeah. Now, kind of, can you walk us through your writing process? Oh, wow. That's a, yeah. It's, yeah. Maybe, a maybe a loaded question. <laughs> it may be a loaded question. You know, for me now, it's much easier. At first it was really, I mean, I had no clue. I had no idea how to write. And even though I loved writing, it, writing a fiction story, is not as easy as everybody thinks it is. You know, oh, I've got this idea for a book. It's what you people say, what people say, right? And they think it's easy. It's not, it's a lot of work. You have to understand the craft of writing. You kind of have to understand there's not a formula like you just plug in a formula, but there are certain elements that every story needs to have based on its genre. So I write contemporary women's fiction. So, you know, I have to have certain elements in there. If I wrote romance, you know, you'd have to have certain elements. If you write mystery, same thing. So I had to learn the craft and I've had to learn how to write, like whether I want to be a plotter or a pantser, which means do I sit and plot down everything that happens in every chapter and every scene, or do I just take the idea and start writing by the seat of my pants? I've gone back and forth with that. And I have found that the more I know about a story, the more I plot out the story, the better writer I am. And so I need, I don't need like to the, you know, extent that, you know, I have every single little detail. I like to be writing and then let the ideas come, but I'd like to know where I'm going on the path. So that that's what I do. So what I do first is I will come up with the idea and then I will plot out what we call the story skeleton. You know, what's going to happen. You have to have an inciting incident, that something that changes, you know, the person, your main character's everyday world. Like, so think Luke Skywalker, you know, that would be when, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's the example they use, you know, the day that everything yeah. changes when he met Ben Kenobi and his whole world got changed upside down when the, they destroyed his aunt and uncle's house. 
So he gets this call to adventure. So you got to have this inciting incident and you got to have something at the 25, at the 50% mark, you've got to have, you know, the middle. And then you've got to have this dark moment around the 75% where all hope is lost, right? And, you know, Ben dies, all hope is lost, but then there's still redeeming at the end and you bring it to a conclusion. So I had to learn how to, I, first I start with that because I need to make sure I've got those points. Then I start filling in the gaps from there. And what I do is I take each chapter and I write out, you know, what is the goal of the chapter? What is the character's motivation? What are going to be some conflicts? Because no good story is a story without conflict. So you need some conflict in there, which, you know, it's like somebody dying, somebody not getting what they want, things like that. And then you've got to have kind of a decision, you know, what am I going to do here? And then you kind of move into the next chapter. So I will go through and I will create what we call a scene and sequel for each theme. And then I, once I have that all written out, kind of a big oversight over outline. Then I take my handy remarkable and I don't get paid, but if they'd like to pay me for it, I use my remarkable tablet and I write out by hand probably 80,000 words, if not more, because you do a lot of editing. So I write everything by hand. I can't, I can type it out. It just doesn't, there's something, there's a connection between my brain and my hand yeah. that I just write better with that. So I write everything by hand. The remarkable tablet converts it into text. And then I just put it in my Word document and revise. And so then after I do that, I revise. I try to write two chapters a week. And each chapter is about 4,000 words. So I write about 8,000 words a week just on the book. But I probably write more than that on other things. Then I revise. I work with my coach every week. We just got off a call. She'll give me her feedback, some guidance. And then I just keep going until I get the book done and try to finish it before the publisher wants it. <laughs> <laughs> What surprised you the most about the writing process? How hard it is, how truly hard it is. And so I tell new people, new writers, new wannabe, you know, aspiring authors to practice how you play is how you practice. So start before you ever get the book contract, acting like a writer, sit down in the chair, dedicate the time, learn the craft so that when that contract comes around and the next book comes, because I got my first contract in 2020, December of 2020, they wanted just the first book and I was going to have to write out the second. And then my publisher said, no, I love the story. Let's just find you for the two others. Um, she took it on good faith. And so I had to quickly start writing and I was not prepared for all the things I had to market for book one, plus, you know, learn and write for book two and plot out. So I always tell people, you know, it's, I wish I would have been better prepared. I guess. Yeah. I could see that. See that. Now, did they, did they handle all of the editing and the book cover art? And They do. Okay. They do. So I'm very blessed by that. It's a small print press, you know, in the industry. You, if you want one of the bigger publishing houses, you usually have to have an agent. Um, and I, I don't have anything against the agent, but they, you know, usually once you have a bigger platform, they want you to have, you know, these kind of numbers for your email list and for your social media. And I thought, you know, why don't I just go the route of not, if there's, if there are publishers who's willing, who are willing to pay me to write books, then, you know, why, if they don't want an agent, then want to deal with that, then I'm not going to. So I don't have an agent, but I do have the publisher. We, I do pay an outside editor first. So like, for example, for this third book, I'm just about finished. I will give it to her mid-September. She will give me some feedback because I've just had my eyes on it. My coach and I have had my our eyes on it for so long. We just want a fresh set of eyes. I'll give it to my beta readers um, to see what they think of it. I have some very 
faithful friends that I can take criticism from and not you feel like I'm at the end of the world. And so then I get that back. And about three or four weeks later, I give it to my publisher. Then it goes through another round of content developmental edit. When she finishes, then it goes to the line edits. And that's where they're looking for the grammatical things, you know, making sure that the words that need to be italicized or, you know, the commas are in the right place. And then during that time, my publisher and I work on the graphics for the cover and then all the book blurb things, you know, the back copy marketing tools, different things like that. And then I, the, uh, then that, then I'm on my kind of, I'm kind of on, because it is a small press kind of on my own for publishing. They do give me a few graphics to help out with, but you know, it had, they have a limited budget, which I understand. So that's kind of why I started the author's right hand to help those who I saw a lot of authors struggling with that. Once they got to the point where it's time to launch their books, they're kind of like, I don't know what to do. So or I don't know how to do it. So that's kind of why we started that that business. Let's talk about that some. Now, what are all of the services that you offer? Because I could see it. And I guess even backing up from that a little bit, who is your ideal client? Would it be somebody that has a publishing contract or would it be an independent author? Both. Actually, both. And actually, I also want to attract unpublished writers because, like Mm -hmm. I said, how you practice is how you play. And they need to have things in order because once that book contract comes up, it everything starts just going and multiplying you know, uh, exponentially really fast. And you're expected to do certain things while you're still trying to edit and write and things like that. And they aren't ready for it. So I want to help unpublished authors who, you know, are pretty close to getting that book deal. I want to help published authors, whether they're traditionally published with small presses, large presses, doesn't matter, and independent authors as well, because they too have, you know, a lot of things. I mean, you just have to juggle so much. And especially when you don't have a press behind you, then they have to have somebody to, to do the covers and they have to do the marketing and it can be a lot. And, you know, the people are out there going, we want more books. We want more books. And they're like, I don't have time for more books because I'm over here doing all these other things. So that's, yeah, that's who I would say my target audience is. What type of services are you offering them? Yeah, and so, are you editing, marketing? Oh, no editing. Okay. I don't even edit my own books. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so I don't want to touch other authors, but no, basically we want to help them get organized and get ready mm-hmm. for what's coming up. We offer email, like, you know, having a newsletter. That's really one of the best ways to sell a book is with a newsletter. So we want to help them get that set up in a way that's just not by my book. It's connecting with the author, developing a relationship with the author that makes them go, I really like how she writes. I like what she has to say. I think I'm going to go buy her book. So we'd help them get the, get them set up with that, create that landing sequence or welcome sequence, landing pages, things like that for the emails, ways to build their email list. We help them with the newsletter writing, content ideas, social media, same way, content, getting those pages to where they need to be. You know, a lot of people don't realize how important your banner is or how much your headshot matters or having just the right information on your Instagram bio, you know, it's just, you know, precious commodity. How do you make the most out of that space? And a lot of people just don't understand that. So helping them with those kind of things, helping them with their blogs, you know, you would be amazed at how many writers don't like to blog or don't know what to blog about. You would think that that would be easy, but they don't know what to blog about. So helping them with that, because that's another way to draw people to their website where hopefully their books are listed and people want to read their books and helping them with reader sites like Goodreads, BookBub, Amazon author, things like that. And then of course, hopefully book launches. That's a huge thing to 
need help with. I learned that the hard way after I about killed myself with the first one. And even with the second one, I thought I was better prepared. And it was still a very tiresome, very exhausting, really hard six weeks. And so I want to help people get set up with that and get their launch teams in place to help publicize and get the word out about their books. And what did you do for your book launches? Oh, so, you know, we were still in COVID shutdown kind of time. So it's not like you can go and, you know, have these long lines Uh, because I'm with a small press. I can't go over to Barnes and Noble and, you know, have a signing where people are standing out the door waiting to get my book. But at that point, no one else was either. (laughs) No one else was either. So I got a group of about 20 people. They just Mm -hmm. all happen to be women, but that's not limited to launches. And I spent the six weeks with them, really getting them to know me and to know my story and the characters and building that excitement. So they wanted to go tell people. Launch team members get an advanced copy reader, advanced reader copy. So they get to read the book. Um, so that they can tell people about it, you know, and they can share it on social media, leave reviews on Amazon and Goodreads, and then, you know, just have fun. I like to, you know, have fun with people. So I would do giveaways and, you know, Zoom calls where they could ask me questions and things like that. And then I did my launch a little bit differently in that I am an introvert, so I'm not big on you know, spending time. With, so I decided to do it my way instead of having a book sign in at some place and telling the public, come find my, you know, come buy my book. You don't know me. We, my husband was wonderful as he is. And he planned a whole weekend where we kind of um, redid some of the steps in the book. They're kind of hard since they're in China. We went and ate hot pot. For example, one of the scenes in the book was they went and ate hot pot. So we took our closest family and friends and we went to a hot pot for lunch. And then in the book, they climbed the Great Wall. So we went to some natural bridge caverns here in Texas and we journeyed through there. And then we had this really nice dinner at night where I got to go around the room and just tell every person what they meant for to me on the journey to get to the where I was that day. Then I sold like 40 books. I had brought books and they bought books for people and I sold 40 books and I signed all of them. And, you know, it was almost the same thing, but it was my way of doing it. It's maybe not popular for everybody, but it was a special night, one that I'll always remember. And, you know, it was great. Going back to helping authors with their blogs and their newsletters on the content, do you advocate having separate content for each And how often should they publish to both? Yeah. So, well, for let's just, there are two different things there. So for like social media, if you want to be a writer, if you want to, you know, have a published book, go ahead and get started now, create that author page. You can call it, I actually, I felt uncomfortable calling myself author because I felt like it had to be, you had to be published to call yourself that. But actually an author is anybody who writes something. And if you write a blog, if you write an article, if you write a devotion for your child, you know, or whatever, you're an author. So go ahead and create that author page and start posting things on there. I tell people to post things. It's that it's same way with business. It's the like, know, and trust factor, right? People want to buy from people that they like, know, and trust. And you're actually selling your product, which is a book. So you have to get people to like, know, and trust you. So post things that will get people to do that. And you know, if it's too much to give different material, then yeah, cross post. I cross post all the time from Facebook to Instagram, but, and, and post on platforms where your readers are, there is no point for me to post on TikTok. 
because that is a lot for younger kids. I don't write YA or middle school stuff. I write for 25 to 60 year old women. Well, but they're going to be on Facebook and Instagram. So that's where I want to spend most of my time. So I would say, you know, do that during a launch. I'm posting five, seven times a week, one or two times a day, because I have so much going on. You know, I'm on a blog tour and I want to tell people, go, hey, go read their blog tour. I want to let them know there's a free chapter on my publisher's website or, you know, this is what it looks like when you're going through a launch and this is your office space. You know, so I try to it's a little bit crazier when I'm not launching three to five times a week. I don't need to be on there every day and I don't always need to be talking about my book stuff. So but for newsletters, if you're starting out and you don't have a book yet, go ahead and start building that list because you will. And that's one of the things when you go talk to com- go to conferences and talk to agents and editors and publishing houses, they're going to ask you, do you have a newsletter list? So go ahead and start building it. You don't need to publish every month, maybe every quarter would be good for somebody who's just starting out. But if you are a published, if you have a publisher, you have a contract for books, you need to be publishing once a month for sure, at least. And then, uh, you know, again, tailor it to the message that maybe you have on your blog. So, you know, I do different things with my blog. One, it was for a while I was doing, you know, what I was reading, you know, and telling people what I was reading. And now I'm doing reading challenges. You know, everybody does these big reading challenges. So I have my team curate some books that fall under different genres that they could qualify for the reading challenges. I may do author interviews next year for the whole year, just kind of do it. So, but then sometimes I'll intersperse it with things like, because my, Characters professional organizer. She takes over the blog and she does Nikki Mayfield's organizing tips on how to pack for a trip because she's going on a trip or, you know, book two deals with a lot of paperwork. She's looking for some missing documents. So she gave some tips on how to do that, but definitely at least once a month blog and once a month do a newsletter. And in your newsletter, mention your blog because you want to direct people to that traffic. Are you like setting them up with either MailChimp, MailerLite or sure. whatever, or is the author doing that? No, we can help them do that. We, we, I found both just this week alone, today and tomorrow. I have client, client appointments and the lady we met with today, she's already got it set up, but she only has like 50 people on it. Her book comes out next September. So we need to help her get that newsletter list growing so she can let more people know the client meeting with tomorrow has no newsletter. She doesn't have on mail. She doesn't have MailChimp. She doesn't have anything. So we need to go in and get that MailChimp set up for her. And so we'll do both, you know, and tell them kind of like some guidelines to how to build that newsletter and craft it in a way that's engaging, informational without being too salesy. What do you recommend as a way to build a newsletter for somebody that does not have a, a published book. Uh, you start with your mom and your dad, your grandparents, <laughs> <laughs> your sister, any close relative. Yeah, you just start with them. And then you get on, you know, you find different ways to engage with other writers and, you know, you swap out and, you know, but then and the other thing too is the writers have a great advantage because they like to write. So write a short story that you give away for free for somebody who signs up for your newsletter. I don't have that yet. I was blessed that I had a large list from my organizing business. And so when I quit, I said, hey guys, I'm quitting. And then when I started my writing, I went back to that list. I said, you know me as an organizer. And if you wanna unsubscribe because I'm not doing, that's fine. But if you wanna follow me along on this new writing journey I'm going on, I'd love to have you continue. So I was blessed to already kind of start with a large list. And so I've been able to build that over the last two years. 
but I don't have that. But one of my goals this year, when I'm when my life calms down, is to write a prequel to Perfectly Arranged, a short little prequel that tells us how Nikki got into the situation she gets to when you open page one and find out that she's hanging up her label maker. So I'm going to do that. But people can write short stories or, you know, some, you know, just tips or something, you know, to help others. If you have a specific, you know, genre or if you write nonfiction, that's a great way to to get people to do that. Now, by writing a short story or writing a kind of a lead magnet, if you will, mm-hmm. are you telling, are you have advising people to like put it on Amazon as a permanent free or, or uh, to, and you, then- you, you could, or you could find other ways, especially for writers. There are different things like book funnel and things like that. They have opportunities. As a matter of fact, the lady that I spoke with today, she was like, I need a landing page because I want to give this free short story away on book funnel, but I need to direct people, you know, to a landing page that I don't have a clue how to create. So yeah, you can, there are a lot of different ways you can do that for sure, but make sure that it's been edited, make sure that it's quality material, because if they get turned off by your short story or novella that you offer for free, and it's not any good, it's got a whole bunch of grammatical errors, then they're not going to want to buy your book later on down the line. What's next for you? Oh, so like I said, I have the To Finish Up Perfectly Matched, which is book three in the series. My series is a little bit, some series are like you take a character and then maybe you take a secondary character from book one and give them their whole book in book two, but mine's a continuation. So you kind of read, need to read them in order about eight chapters short of finishing that one. So my goal is to get that finished. I need to write a, at least two chapters for a novella, romance novella that I'm working on with three other authors that's going to come out hopefully in 2024 if it gets approved. I have to finish the devotional, organizing devotional by March of 2023. So I've got some writing projects for sure that will keep me busy. I want to write that prequel so everybody can know how Nikki got in trouble. And um, then, yeah, just developing my business for the author's right hand. I'd like to do some more speaking engagements. I do like to speak and teach. So I have a speaking engagement in Dallas next month. So uh, I would like to do more about organizing and writing, helping uh, writers get organized because they're not creatives tend to have a bad rap about being organized, that you can't be organized and creative. And I want to prove the world wrong that you can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We can, we can be organized. We can be creative. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can be both. It's just finding the right way for you. that works best for you. Okay. Let's get ready to wrap this up. Is there anything that I've asked that I have not asked that you'd like to go over or that you think that we should? No, you've done a great job. You've allowed me to talk about my organizing, my writing, my author's right hand business. It's been great. I've loved it. I just want to encourage people, you know, are 40 and think, oh, the world is over. It's too late that it's never too late. I signed my first book contract when I was 50. And I, you know, I thought for sure that would never happen. And I still have seven or eight more ideas. I'm not going to stop. You know, I'm not let age stop me. So don't let that number stop you from whatever business or idea you want to do. If the young kids can do it, so can we. So keep at it, keep trying and keep reaching for your goals. Okay. Now, what book do you currently recommend to move someone interested in becoming an author to actually becoming an author or writing better? That's a good question. Gosh, there's so many good ones. I would say... 
you just want to be inspired, then Stephen King's On Writing was really good. And Bird by Bird by Anne Lamont are are really good books. I thought you were going to ask me. I had it all prepared because I thought you were going to ask me what book to be an entrepreneur. So I had that one ready too. So if you want that one. Let's pretend I was an actually good host. And what books do you recommend for entrepreneurs? Yeah, what book do you recommend? So I have started reading Born to Build by Jim Clifton. Um, Page it had me at page two or three. I was like, this is amazing. And I'm so glad I found it. It talks about how to build a thriving startup, a winning team, new customers, and your best life imaginable. And I am just hooked on it so far. So I would recommend that. Okay. Yeah. What software do you use primarily in your author in your author, author journey? In your yeah. author journey, both as a, both in writing as well as in you know, marketing and promoting. Sure. So... I am a Microsoft Word girl. Some authors really like Scrivener, which I do use Scrivener as well. I just, it's got a steep learning curve, but those who take the time to learn it, love it. But I do use it for my research and things like that. So I do use that for my business. I'm learning to love Google Drive. I'm just like, wow, the things I can do with Google Drive. So those are my two big ones at the moment. Okay. What's the number one piece of advice that you can give for our listeners? Have faith in yourself. Believe that you can. And don't let anybody stop you from trying. That's great advice. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for being a guest on Entrepreneurs Over 40. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed visiting with you. I hope I haven't. Writers tend to talk a lot. So, you know, words are really big with us. So I hope I didn't babble too much, but I really did enjoy my time with you here today. Check out the newly redesigned Entrepreneurs Over 40 website at www.entrepreneursover40.com. While you're there, sign up to get updates from us. Also, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss any other episodes. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40. Check us out at entrepreneursover40.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory.